Welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast with Matthew Eels. Always takes longer than you think. Dying. Is it a friend of yours? Childhood friend. <laughs> we think the evidence indicates it was suicide. The dirt on his hands, under his nails, suggests he was trying to cover himself up. Just want to understand what happened. Ah! up! This is my forest. The man in the bush. He was a friend. You have a hit with me, and I'll tell you everything I know about that poor soul. That night, your friend wakes me up. Why is screaming? Did you see him alive? I can smell it. Shame. It's all over you. I don't know what happened to my life. I don't know where it went. Round here? No one wins, mate. Just stay in the game. I need a fucking drink! That's the trailer for The Rooster. Hello and welcome to the first Cinema Australia podcast for 2024. My name is Matthew Eels and it's great to be back behind the microphone. My guests on this episode are the Rooster writer and director Mark Leonard Winter and co-producers Marveen Sharaki and Geraldine Hakewell. This is a really exciting episode for me to be presenting to you all for many reasons because one, we're discussing my favourite film on the 2023 festival circuit and two, it was recorded live from Cinefest Oz, and anyone who follows Cinema Australia will know how much I love that festival. During the festival, Mark and Geraldine were kind enough to invite me to their accommodation to record this podcast. To paint you a picture, it was a very intimate recording from the spare room of the accommodation where we were sitting between bunk beds to get the best sound. It was quite a special moment for me as I'm a huge fan of Mark and Geraldine and I have a great respect for Marvin's work. Regarding the film itself, The Rooster is simply must-see cinema. It's an experience. The Rooster transcends cinematic boundaries, delving deep into the human experience and illuminating the darkest corners of our minds with a shining light. Mark Leonard Winter's visionary storytelling proves that he's not just a talented actor, but a genuine filmmaker as well. The Rooster follows Dan, played by Phoenix Ray, a small-town cop. When the body of his oldest friend Steve, Reese Mitchell, is found buried in a shallow grave, Dan seeks answers from a volatile hermit, Hugo Weaving, who was the last person to see his friend alive. As Dan gets closer to the truth, he must confront his own personal demons, and he discovers that hope can be found in unlikely places. This interview plays as a companion piece to my interview with Mark, which I published last year ahead of the film screenings at Myth and Cinefest Oz. While that interview was a deep dive into the making of the film itself, this interview is a little bit more playful. 
The Rooster opens in cinemas nationally on Feb 22, so go out and see it. Anyway, enjoy. Uh, Jerry, it's okay to call you Jerry. Yes, and Mark and Marvine, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you all with us. It is an absolute pleasure to be here, Matt. Thank you. Great. Um, I guess I want to start by saying, uh, letting listeners know that uh, if they do want to read a more in-depth interview about the film, uh, they can go to cinemaaustralia.com.au and read a, uh, an interview that I did with Mark earlier. Uh, but for this one, we're just going to make it a bit more fun and a, a bit more lighter. But um, paint a picture for us, guys, about being in Bustleton and, uh, and what it's like being here. Well, it's just been amazing. I mean, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, kind of like the Telluride of Australia, you know, where... You, you you know, it's a sort of smaller festival, but it's so collegiate and, you, you know, you really sort of get to know the other filmmakers and engage with everybody and some of those panels have just been beautiful. Mm. So I feel like I've left, you know, with a better understanding and connection to the to the Australian film industry. So mm, it's been that's really, really good to hear. Yeah, it's really special and I just love all the red berets and yes. all, all the stars on their on <laughs> their um, berets for you know how many uh, festivals they've been through and yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a lovely lovely time man mm-hmm. and it, it's obviously a beautiful location and I think it's a really special and rare festival. Yes. And hi Matt, thanks for having us. <laughs> And also, it's just so lovely to be so welcomed. The folks at uh, Cinefest Oz really are looking after us. And uh, so we are in a hurry to make the next film <laughs> and come back. Yeah, so it's just been such an intimate festival, uh, really feeling welcomed, beautiful location. Stunning. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. So mm-hmm. we are very happy to be here. Yeah, it just feels like we're on a lovely holiday. It's such <laughs> a nice sort of... Um, celebration after the the slog of making the film Mm. the delightful slog but you know it's it's really hard work and so going to MIF and then coming here just feels like this lovely beginning of a celebration of putting it out there and it's such a great way to launch it in Australia and um and like the other two said it's just such a beautiful beautiful um, location for a festival. So. Yes, yeah. Actually, if you if you don't drink alcohol, it might not be the. Uh, <laughs> or if you're true. trying to get off alcohol or that's a recovering true. alcoholic. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit uh, intense, but which I am. Yes, but um, <laughs> but it's been really nice. Yeah, because we've got our little baby here with us, and um, it's just been so great. Mm. You know, being able to bring him, and it feels really family friendly and everyone's been really supportive and he's like our little mascot for the film, which is <laughs> really great. nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jerry, you're no stranger to Western Australia. You uh, studied at Whopper, right? right. Uh, yeah. What are some of your good memories of, uh, of that time at studying in WA? I just loved being in Perth. It was such, um, such a great place to study because it was so relaxed. We all kind of lived together in share houses and rode our bikes to school every day. And, um, we, um, we just had a really kind of golden three years where we got to sort of be in this bubble of, um, that is getting closer. (laughs) (laughs) We've got a leaf blower outside. I'm just going to close the window. Um, yeah, we, we were sort of protected in this bubble where you're over here and you don't have the eyes of the industry on you. So you're allowed to make mistakes Mm. and you're allowed to just experiment with who you want to be as a performer and, um, and we just love, I mean, Perth's such a beautiful place to live. Mm. And uh, I actually, the last time I came to Bustleton was 
when I was studying um, in one of the, the holidays, um, a few of us came down here on a little bit of a, a road trip. So um, I remember walking the jetty, oh, the, yes, yeah. the longest jetty in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, you haven't been to Bustleton <laughs> unless you've walked the jetty. <laughs> exactly. So uh, that was the last time I was here. So it was really nice to come back and go, oh, that's right. I did come here and... Um, you know, from where we've come from making the film where it was like maybe three degrees on a good day yeah. and raining a lot of the time, yeah. the weather here has been really beautiful. Mm. But hilariously, it rained yesterday. Uh, yeah, by our, the way, thanks for bringing yeah. that shitty <laughs> our, weather over here. <laughs> for our premiere. So. <laughs> yes. uh, Mark, what are some of your memories of uh, Western Australia? Man, I've got a couple. Uh, my grandparents actually used to live here. Oh, wow. And, and he, my grandfather, Leonard, who uh, I was sort of my, that's my middle name. Um, he, I just remember as a kid, there was a pool and there was a frog in the pool. And I, I, I just, that's a vague memory. But I actually shot a film here uh, a few years ago called Blame. Yes. Um, so I've got sort of um, fond memories of that. I mean, we were just babies when we made that. But yeah, I was talking to Melissa and Ryan, uh, oh, Melissa yes, Kelly, yeah, Melissa who was Kelly, there yeah. last night. She produced it. Yeah. And um, I remembered uh, taking this trip out on her brother's boat to Rottnest Island oh. and seeing the, the quokkas and, um, you know, we went you know, swimming off the boat and they cook like crayfish in butter <laughs> on the boat. And I've just never sort of, I was just like, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. And then I seem to remember extremely expensive food and drink in Fremantle. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nothing's changed. I, I think we, I think we were there during like the peak of the sort of mining boom and yes, you're like, yeah. you try and get a pad tie and it's yeah. like 49 bucks. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. You know, yeah. no one could get a taxi a cab because everyone was working in the mine. Yeah. Yes, and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so yeah, that's my sort of memories of that. Yeah. Right, uh, Marvani, have you, have you spent much time here? No, mm-hmm. Matt, this is my first time in WA, and it's very exciting. So it's like two milestone being in WA and also in Cinefestos. But it's interesting because as soon as we arrived, it feels different. And one of my first impression was the light looks different. Oh, the yeah. sky, the sun is just, uh, and I had. With David, when we went, my partner who also worked on the film, we went to Italy. It was the same. As soon as you cross the border, like the light is different yes. in Italy. So yeah. there you go, Italy and uh, WA got something Everyone in common. Everyone says that actually about is the that light. True? That's why people enjoy filming here so much. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I was watching some some of the cine snap films that the young people made, yes. and in the films also you can see that yeah, and. Like the trees and the way the barks are. I don't know. Am I getting in too much in detail? No, no it's really good to but hear. But yeah, it's it's yeah. beautiful. And also another thing that we loved and being on the industry panels and um, hearing people talking about the funding bodies in WA and how mm. supportive they are yes. and encouraging yeah. of um, new creative and not scared of embracing new ideas, mm. you mm. know, and... Mm. That was really encouraging to the point that we were like, should we move to WA? And that's a real serious thought. <laughs> yes, yeah. No, yeah, please, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the plug for my home state out of the way. We've done there. We're here to celebrate the rooster, um, which the three of you have uh, done such a terrific job on. I can't praise the film enough. Obviously, I've told I've told all of you how much I love it, and um, it's certainly the talk of the festival at the moment. Uh, uh, how did it feel? Uh, you didn't watch it with the audience last night, but what have the experiences of watching it with an audience been like? Uh, for me, quite nerve wracking, mm. just because it's you know still quite fresh and 
Um, it's also a new experience for me, sort of sharing a work as a writer and director. Like as an actor, mm. you you are sort of vulnerable in that space, but um, you know, you, you're like, well, if you don't like my performance, I didn't write it or edit it or direct it. Like, <laughs> yes, so you've got, yeah, you got yeah. a little, you got yeah. a little, where, uh, yeah. you know, a few small crevices to hide in. Mm. Whereas mm. this sort of feels like um, you're, you know. It, it 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 almost feels like you've got no skin. Yeah. You know, you're just like, here's your little offering mm. that you've made. and um, But, uh, you know, last night, uh, like watching it with an audience is just like, it, you know, just when you feel people engaging mm. with the story and engaging with the work and sort of uh, being moved by the, the waves of the film and um, you can sort of feel the stillness. Um you know that's really special and you're like oh i think it's working yeah. you know and that's that's beautiful and um last night's screening you know just people seem to want to talk about it mm. and engage with it mm. and um share their thoughts and reflections about it and that's really all you can ask for i think yeah. It, yeah. you you just you just pray when you make something that your work can be met mm. and considered and taken in um and I feel like last night there was a really lovely warmth, and yeah, so it was it was beautiful. Great, uh, yeah. I went and grabbed a coffee this morning at the bakery, and I ran into someone who I know, and the first thing they mentioned was the rooster. Um, hey. Talking about it in a very positive way as well, so it's terrific. Oh, that's lovely, uh, Geraldine. Uh, this film marks a first for both of you in that it's your first time uh, producing a feature film. It's Mark's first time writing and directing a feature mm. film. Did this feel like a natural progression for you both to move into uh, feature filmmaking rather than just acting? Yeah, it really did. Actually, I think um, we had both created things in different ways on a smaller scale before and Mark in a big you know in a, on a big scale in theatre yeah. but um, in terms of on screen you know we'd both been part of smaller projects and I think our naivety of what that step up into making a feature film would be was useful because we had no idea how hard it would be yes, yeah. um, you can only kind of imagine the, the difficulties and even then there's so there's so many more <laughs> there's so many more hoops you have to jump through and yeah. mountains you have to climb so it was good I think that we were green and we didn't know everything and that we found someone like Marvin who did have experience and knew um, how to steer us so that we could actually get it made yes, <laughs> and yeah. get it made to a level of quality that we were happy with um but I, yeah it, it did feel natural I think because we both at different points have well I'm speaking for both of us but I know for me anyway and I've noticed in Mark as well you that sometimes as an actor it can be quite challenging because you're always serving someone else's story mm. which is mm. really satisfying sometimes but the the level of creative engagement stops at a certain point yes. or you're coming in quite late in the process. Mm. And I think both of us really enjoy being part of those early conversations, mm. being part of um, the inception of an idea and, and developing something. And then also, you know, uh, a di it's a different level of engagement, seeing something through to the end mm. and, and having that ownership where, yes, it's exposing and it feels like you have no skin and you're much more vulnerable to any comments and criticism. But there's also um, such a, 
level of satisfaction and, um, you know, a real sense of achievement when mm. you have completed something. And so I'd experienced that on a small scale in different mediums in in sort of more experimental like dance films and music, music. and stuff like that. But um, making something of such a large scale, mm. you know, it, it's a it's a different beast, um, but I'm really glad that I've experienced it because it's made me hungry to do other things. That makes me very happy to hear. <laughs> uh, you both worked on Disclosure. Were you taking notes about indie filmmaking while you were making that movie, or or yeah. was moving into making feature films not a, not an option then? No, I think we were. I think we hadn't quite articulated what we wanted to do, mm. and Mark hadn't started writing the script then. But I think we very much looked at that process, which was even more indie and smaller than what we made with the rooster and went, okay, well, they've managed to, we've managed to do this. So, um, there is, it's possible, you know, it, it, and it was maybe unconscious in terms of how we were taking notes of how to do it, but, um, it definitely was, uh, yeah, it, it, it was sort of the doorway to, um, moving into this space and making this great. Yeah, f- films like Disclosure and and you know I I feel like we had some some maps to follow. Like mm. you know the film's dedicated to Dame Hill. Yes, and he you know created Porno, mm-hmm. and I was in Van Diemen's Land mm. with you know and Porno played here as yes. well as yeah. Measure for yeah. Measure. Um, which which he wrote uh, um, with Paul, and um, you know I, I started my work in Van Diemen's Land, mm. so in a sense, like you know, you could see that that making a work like this is possible. We could, you know, and when things did get difficult, and it is difficult yeah. to make a film, um, you know, I kept sort of saying to myself like a mantra. I was like, Dame did it. Yes. you know, he <laughs> he he did this. He, yeah. you know, they managed to achieve it. Jono and Oscar managed to achieve it with, you know, Van Diemen's Land, yeah. Michael with Disclosure. Mm. So, mm. yeah, Marvin yes. with yeah. Ellie and Abbey. Ellie and Abbey. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. you know, there were those examples of like, it is possible yeah. even when it gets really hard. But, yes. You know, I love that uh, people still talk about Dame Hill and that his name continues on after all these years. It's great he, to hear. He was a singular figure yeah. and he's really missed and he mm. was a singular voice and yes. he was just so unique in his work and his presence. And it, you know, um, what's the word? Like, in a, in inimitable or yes, something like yeah, you know yeah. he's just one of a kind he really was his presence is very missed mm. yeah uh, Marvin, how did you come on board jerry very kindly contacted me i worked on um this movie called ellie and abby yes. and ellie's dead aunt monica zanetti's film and monica and jerry are really great friends mm-hmm. besties right mm-hmm. and um Jerry contacted me one day and said, hey, we are working on this project and would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll give it a read. And um, they did say that he was interested. But to be honest, I think for me, like producing is so difficult that it mm-hmm. doesn't matter who is attached. The story is so important yeah. that you know that you're attaching yourself to something that is solid. And I was just blown away by the script mm-hmm. and the picture that Mark painted of the characters and then the landscape mm. I was just I, I remember the feeling of I towards the 
end of the script, I was racing to just finish it, to just call Jerry and just say, yes, please. <laughs> so it was just delightful. And then getting to know them both, it's just, you know, they're one of the my favorite couple, but also um, the kindest human um, that I've met. And that was integral to the making of the film. Yeah. Uh, both of them, I'm based in New South Wales and this was a Victorian film. And mm. I was like, oh boy, what am I signing myself <laughs> up to? Like, who do I know? And it was also right after COVID yes. where all the lockdown laws are e easing down and all the production were like going mm. off and people had that break of... Uh, people had the opportunity from that big break of not getting jobs and then this big production coming out. So everybody's being attached to productions and it was so hard to find crew. Mm. And then people love Mark and Jerry <laughs> so much and they were like, yeah, it's an indie film, but we will do it mm. for them. Mm. And uh, yeah, especially Jerry, um, you work with uh, Craig, our cinematographer, and... Um, it was just, he was just so integral and just wanted to say if the film is made, it's because these two people are good people mm -hmm. and they're kind to people. And yes, you can pay people to come on board and work on your film. But if they come with love, that's just magic. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Lovely. Just, yeah. Lovely to hear. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts or at cinemaaustralia.com.au. Um, uh, Jerry, when Mark first came to you with the idea for the film and his early drafts, did you recognise instantly that this was coming from such a personal space? Oh, definitely. Mm. I, um, yeah, and the early drafts were so different mm. to what we have now. Mm. In some ways, I think the core of it was always the same. The, the intention behind the story to be told and um, some of the characters, I think the hermit, Hugo's character was always there in some iteration and Mark wrote that role for Hugo and um, he seemed that his voice was very, the hermit's voice was very clear from mm. the beginning, I think. But um, yeah, I think what I love about Mark as a performer and as a writer and creator is, is the vulnerability he brings to his work mm. and um, and yeah, it, it definitely felt personal, but it also, it wasn't like reading a biography or anything. There's a real craft of story and a real intention of storytelling that Mark has and a desire to create something that would be entertaining as well mm. as, as well as moving and, um, you know, thought provoking and, um, a piece of art that has the ability to start a conversation about something that we feel really passionate about, which is mental health yeah. and mental distress mm. and shame and how you process that, especially as a man, mm. especially in an isolated setting. So I felt like it was a really important story to be telling. And I also thought it was a really beautiful way of telling it. Mm. And Mark's voice is really unique. So I knew that it would be funny and weird and <laughs> cinematic yes. and um, I was really excited to work out how we do that. Mm, mm. Uh, Mark, tell us about uh, Jerry's involvement in the film and, uh, and her support throughout the process. Well, uh, the, the film just wouldn't exist without Jerry, really. I mean, she read every single draft um, and commented on every 
single draft she dealt with every single insecurity yeah. that ran through me um jerry has also a, a rare quality um in that people really like her and uh, <laughs> so th that was that was very you know like we we couldn't have put our team together or engaged with the local community mm. um in that way without sort of what what jerry just naturally brings um so it was really special, and I should say for your for your listeners, we shot it at our house. Yes, yes. So it was, um, you know, it was a really it w it was a sort of family affair, and we engaged our local community, and yeah, I'm just very grateful. And then, you know, we we found out we were pregnant, uh, like you know, a few days before pre production. Wow. So wow. So <laughs> that you know, and we didn't have like unit yeah, or anything. Yeah. So I was sort of like watching jerry out the corner of my eye and you know she's pulling marquees out of the back of utes and i'm just like oh my god this can't be good and she's throwing up because she had morning sickness and my mum and dad worked on the movie with yeah, us and yeah. i was like can you just get her some crackers dry crackers so, so look it's it, like I, I i couldn't sort of be prouder of working with jerry and making it with her and um and doing that as a team yeah you know it's been really special yeah yeah you mentioned that you shot the film at your house uh, uh during covid a lot of us were forced to work from home but you guys took it to the next level actually making a movie at your home we did now man. this is the house with the rooster right yeah, that's your yeah, house yeah yes. yeah and then that that little shack is sort of on a property a few you know like close to us so where, that we could walk to and you know that the hermit shack so it was all sort of really close so right, right. that was part of the creative endeavor was yeah. um how what what can I write that is achievable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether we're sort of, we can, you know, get the funding or not funding like that, that the mission was, how can it be achievable? Yes. And that fed into the sort of creative process. Mm -hmm. so. Tell us a bit more about that shack. Uh, uh, where it is, who owns it? Or, well, you don't have to tell us the names, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, a, 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 a lovely, um, our lovely neighbours lived in that many many years ago wow. before they built their uh little uh their, their house that okay. they live in right. now so right. it's literally just sat out there yeah. in the elements for you know 15 20 years yeah. um virtually sort of untouched and i i take my dogs walking and i'd sort of see it and go like oh that's pretty intriguing um <laughs> and you know it looks like it could be, could be something there. So, um, and they very, very kindly let us use it, and and we sort of made it look even shittier than yes. it, than it was. And um, yeah, so that that sort of that was just like a key sort of part of yeah. of the the construction of the the script, and mm, mm. you know, a, a, a puzzle piece in the creative journey. Yeah. Uh, uh, journey yeah uh, so the owners never got around to putting the fly screen around the front veranda <laughs> no hugo's still not eating his chicken in fucking peace so yeah uh marvin how uh welcoming into that what was it like uh, making a film from somebody's house uh, and tell us about these two welcoming you into their home gosh i practically moved in didn't i <laughs> you did so yeah i did move in yeah i moved in they moved in thank god they moved in because we <laughs> really needed them from the beginning mm -hmm. It was, it's such a beautiful place. So, you know, to be invited in a piece of 
have it in my opinion because the nature and everything is great so we set up our story there but it was lovely to go and walk there and then also being seeing the support of the community and that's a lovely thing when mm. you're making mm. a film in regional um, areas and people are just really uh, embrace the idea and want to really support you and both Mark and Jerry had really good connection there uh, how long um, you've been there We'd lived there before we filmed. We'd lived there for about three years, I think. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a super long time. But, um, yeah, well, in the process of making it, we'd we'd come to talk to a lot of people and, uh, yeah. But three years and these two building such a strong ties to community mm -hmm. that everyone pretty much rallied and come on board. You yes. know, that's, again, testament. So it was a gr great experience and I remember me timing the, you know, the distance between the shack and where our unit base was, which was their, sh uh, their shed. Mm. And I was like, yeah, it's like seven minutes walk. It's fine. But it killed us because <laughs> every car got bogged <laughs> down. So, yes, it's not just like it looks all nice and peachy. It's just seven minutes walk. We had, you know, like cars would get bogged down and we had, mm. I think, one four-wheel drive yeah. that would come and pull the cars out. So, yeah, it was... <laughs> That was a reality that hit yes. pretty muddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry, one other thing that I noticed uh, in the credits of the film was your voice being used on the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that idea and how it came about. Because <laughs> it's fantastic. It's such a terrific soundtrack. It's it really beautiful. Works and I wish I was, I wish I could say that um, it's my voice throughout, but it is actually just a small part. Right. Um, right. I am a singer. Yes. But the reason I'm on the soundtrack is because. We recorded the soundtrack quite soon after our baby was born right. and, and Stephen Gregory, the composer, was in London at the time and we were using um, singers in Melbourne yeah. and um, so we'd recorded it but the choir, um, the piece of music we used for the choir was different to what was sung on the day mm. um, because we wanted it to sound a little bit different to what was originally there and also just we wanted to give it a bit more depth mm. so we had some more voices um but but we changed it ever so slightly and we needed to sync with the two there's sort of two older women who appear at the front of the choir right, sequence right. And um, we needed to sync with their voices. And so at the last minute, I think Robin was maybe a couple of weeks old. Yeah. We drove down and I sort of, <laughs> I pretended to be these two voices and sort of sung their part. Yes. Um, so that was, that was where my voice appears in right, the film. Right. <laughs> Such a terrific uh, part of the film. It, re it really uh, adds an extra beat to it. Yeah. Um, uh, I want to ask you about the poem and the significance of it. I didn't ask you that in our last interview, and so I was curious last night. Well, it's just this uh, beautiful poem that I stumbled across. I'll just bring it up now in my, um, you know, on my my phone. Um, but here it is. Here it's um, from uh, C. P. Kavafi, I believe is the pronunciation. He's a Greek guy, and I just love this this idea of, you know, the, po the poem is called The God Abandons Antony. And just this idea of this man sitting there and everything's sort of gone wrong and, and he can hear this music, sort of this procession almost from another room. And, you know, that, 
that's that's God yeah. leaving him. His charmed life is over, mm. and the poem is sort of a call to like facing that with dignity and courage, and and that you are you are worthy, and in your darkest hours, mm. like you know, find your own strength even though you've been abandoned. Yeah. Um, and there was something about that that just resonated so strongly with the feeling of being lost in a depression and. And and really almost asking a sort of binary question of am I going to exist or not? And it's quite stark when you're in in a real place of difficulty and despair. Mm. And I just thought there was something so magical about that poem, like a call to kind of courage. And um, I just felt it resonated with the themes so well. And, mm. and you know, that's... Those little pieces are actually where sequences like the choir came from, um, because you know there's this music from this this procession mm. of voices that are leaving you, um, and you know so all those it it just seemed to tie so many threads of things that I had together, and um, you know it felt it's just a beautiful little piece of work. It really is, yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah. note to to sort of bring to the, the, the end of yeah, the film. Yeah, it wraps yeah. it up perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys want to play a little game before we wrap this up? Sure. For sure, man. It's called um, How Well Do You Know Your Partner's Career? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I tried to uh, think of some questions from before you two were, uh, you know, together and, and married. So, so we'll say how well you do. Okay. Uh, Geraldine, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, so what was Mark's first feature film credit? Uh, this is according to IMDb, by the way. Ooh. I don't even know if I know that. <laughs> Probably Van Diemen's Or Balibo. It was quite a bit before that. Really? Yeah. I oh, goodness. I have no idea then. I don't think you... Is it playing for Charlie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's playing... <laughs> it's playing for Charlie. Yeah. I played a... a, a, a a wayward older brother to the main oh, character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one's for you, Mark, so you might as well keep the keep okay. the mic. Uh, in 2010, Geraldine played a character named Ella in a Perth film directed by Ben C. Lucas. Uh, what was the name of that film? Was that Wasted on the Young? Yeah. <laughs> well, we mentioned that before, actually. I, I yeah. wonder if he would have got it if we spoke about say, that there. I will say we saw the producer of that last night, oh, so I, I did mention the yeah. film. Yeah. And so I think Mark had a bit of a hand in that answer because we're in WA. And I also will say that Jerry gets up 4am so you need like bonus points you know for baby. Sorry just to clarify our baby is on Melbourne time. Yes. So 4am he's like what's up guys let's let's get going. Let's play. Yeah. Uh, uh, Geraldine in uh, the TV series Pine Gap Mark plays a technical geek. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was the name of of Mark's character? Moses. Well done. I don't know his name. Do you know the last name? No. Well, this Moses. is a this is a surname question for you. Does um, Mark know the oh, last yeah, name? Oh, yeah, Mark. Do you? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, Mark, in the TV series Wanted, uh, Geraldine uh, famously <laughs> plays the co-lead Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. Uh, what's Chelsea's last name? I love this. I yeah. love watching this. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it's such a great last name. It I couldn't, really couldn't not ask this one. Chelsea Huntington's disease? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, 
I don't know the last name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Babbage. Chelsea Babbage. Chelsea Babbage. Yeah. Ah. Such a great last name. There you <laughs> Thank go. You. I, but that's your character does suffer from that in the yes. in the in yes. the series. That is not a surname. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Geraldine, we're at Cine Festos, uh, where Robert Connolly is the jury chair. Mm. Uh, responsible for the $100,000 film prize, and it's going to keep dropping that in there. Uh, Mark Mark worked with uh, Robert on Balibo. Yes. But what was the other film that Mark worked on where Robert was the executive producer? Oh. Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, um, it's a shame that audience is missing your face. There's a lot of emotions <laughs> crossing my face. Oh, God. This is going to be embarrassing when I... Do you even know? Mark looks no, confused I'm too. <laughs> he was an executive producer, so he might not have been, you know, that involved personally and on set. Wow, mm. okay. Um, no, I'm not sure. The Boy Castaways. Oh. Yeah. Really? really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Huh. I never knew that. There you go. But another bit of trivia, um, Michael Cantor, who directed that film, yeah. is one of the EPs on our film. Oh, fantastic. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Dropping that bit. Yes. There we go. Do yeah. I get half a point for that? Yeah, you can have the point. <laughs> uh, last question, Mark. In uh, 2016, Geraldine played uh, Rachel in the film Something Constellation. Uh, complete the title of the film. Something Constellation. Joe Chinquet? Yes. <laughs> Wow. Well done. Wow. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks a lot, guys, for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. And uh, actually, while we were doing this, I just had a thought. I just uh, uh, published the 100th episode of the Cinema Australia podcast, and I remember that you were on an episode for The Pretend One all those years ago. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. terrific. I loved doing that podcast. Good. I loved doing that film as yes, well. Yes, terrific. It was a beautiful film, and you were very supportive of yeah. it. Yes. Um, thanks a lot, guys, for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. Thanks, man. And can I just say, it, it really, your work really is important and it, 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 it really means a lot to us. And I know it means a lot to the sort of filmmaking community. And, you know, it's, it's hard for sort of Aussie films in, in some ways to find their way into the world. Mm -hmm. So um, we're really grateful to you and your engagement. And, and I'm so pleased that you like the film. Um, that's just fantastic. So thanks for your work too, man. You're it, very it, it really is important. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks so much, man. Great. Thanks, thanks a lot. Man. Excellent. Hooray. Thanks for listening. Find all the latest Australian film news at cinemaaustralia.com.au. You can follow Cinema Australia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok.